Welcome to Modern Aikido's podcast. Please help by liking, subscribing, and sharing this podcast if you're watching this on YouTube or BitChute. These are all free and help out a great deal. Word of mouth is how shows like this reach more people who are interested. Another way you can support this podcast is by way of a PayPal tip jar. These podcasts are like articles that you would read in a magazine. In those times, writers were paid by the magazine. Readers would pay a small amount to read on topics they were interested in. Now you can get content easily, but people who create it do not get any compensation unless those who like it contribute. You can leave a donation of any amount you like or set up a monthly donation just like Patreon or Subscribestar. There's a link in the description. I sincerely appreciate your interest and support. In today's podcast, I'm uncovering the very roots of training. Not particular exercises, but the best process for learning any physical skill. Consider it a template of sorts. The good news is that it is simple, reliable, and time-tested. It's something that all of us have done at one time or another. If you use this process for developing your skills, you will find the shortest path to building good performance. It's something that athletes of all kinds have used and still use to this day to improve. There are three aspects to this training progression, which you can look at like layers. You progress from one to the next as you build a solid understanding of the current aspect. In order, these are form, power, and speed. I'll go through each and describe them in full and how best to take advantage of each one. I'll also describe what to watch for when you're training so you can make sure you are getting the most out of your training time. Wasting time on the mat means you're not learning, and building up a sweat by moving around isn't enough to build skill. Just because it feels like you're working doesn't mean you are progressing. The first aspect is form. You could refer to this as structure, which is a part. It's a combination of static traits such as posture, balance, structure, and alignment. I say static traits because these can be studied and learned by holding them or feeling them without moving. Isolating them through drills and exercise which do not include movement is a way to build these traits. It is productive to do so because you are removing the variable of movement. There will be time to put movement to these traits, which increases difficulty. A sidebar comment on difficulty. It is tempting both as a student and as an instructor to want to get to the sexy parts of training, whether it's going fast and hard, pounding on the pads, or going freestyle and sparring. We want to get to the fun part. If you were learning the game of basketball, we don't want to go through dribbling drills, passing drills, ball handling drills, or footwork drills. We want to scrimmage and play. Martial arts training is really no different. I find there is a balance to be struck between keeping students engaged and interested in training and actually teaching their bodies what they need to know and execute, which is good form, timing, and execution. It's a big job and doesn't happen quickly, but it also doesn't mean someone needs to be bored with their training for months or years before getting some useful skills. Aikido is about movement, but I have found that there are a few static exercises to get students to feel good structure. Aikido tends to do most of its work in movement, so even new students will get into learning form through movement right away, and with a partner. I believe this is a good thing. It's a bad thing when students are working too far above their level of comprehension or execution. A good instructor or senior training partner should spot this and slow things down so the student gets into the deep practice zone. For a full explanation of deep practice, I invite you to listen to the episode I did on it called The Holy Grail of Learning, Deep Practice. It is a huge mistake to turn up the throttle and go fast because you're bored or impatient. Instructors guide the class, and I've seen instructors push the class well beyond their ability to perform well. The result is that students don't learn, feel overwhelmed, 
and don't come away with any tangible progress. On the other hand, an instructor shouldn't baby students along either. I've seen more of this than the latter, and it also tends to frustrate students. A good teacher will find the starting point of the student and work with them just beyond their current capabilities. Work with them within their capabilities and they get bored. Work with them far beyond their capabilities and they get confused and overwhelmed. Either way, little or no progress is made. There are those one in a thousand or so students who flourish by the throw them in the deep end of the pool method. If you find a student like this, realize it's a rarity, not the norm. They have a very special combination of grit, determination, and cunning to succeed with this method. You will still need to provide structure for them, but you may find you must keep throwing more at them to keep up with their ability to learn and absorb. I could go on more about difficulty of training, but let's get back to the topic. Form is the necessary foundation of just about all activities. Form could also be described as fundamentals, which include things like timing, leverage, positioning, and range. Superb understanding and execution of these comes from having good form. It is this which should be the initial focus on learning technique. Don't worry about power or speed. Just work on getting the right posture, balance, and movement to put you in the right position to execute it. It may feel like you're working at a boring pace, but this is almost always your impatience making you feel this way. Working slowly allows you to see and feel mistakes. Mistakes you don't see because you're moving too fast will not be felt or corrected. If you can't do it slow, you can't do it fast. While there are some exceptions to this axiom, it's true enough to make an excellent reminder. Going fast merely tries to hide mistakes. If you are really intent on removing mistakes, you don't want them hidden. You want to expose them as easily as you can. Working at slow to medium speeds will expose them. Good movement doesn't need to be fast. If you are in good command and control of your body, you can move it at any speed and your movements will be precise and solid. Once your form starts taking shape, you'll feel the power of your movement and the potential of the technique. This is the second aspect. Aikido uses leverage rather than applied power such as a striker uses. We can't sell strikers or grapplers short though. They use both leverage, movement, and position in clever ways to get the most bang for the buck. The throws and joint locks Aikido tends to employ are applying power. As you practice, you will definitely feel when you have good leverage and when you don't. Working on the power aspect will point out mistakes of being in poor posture, in the wrong position, or having poor balance. A lack of well-applied leverage means your first layer, form, needs correction. When you notice it, it should be a reminder to go back down and find the form problem and fix it. A sidebar comment on applying strength, and this is something that has always bothered me when I hear the Aikido community. It is often said that Aikido does not require strength to work, and that you can do Aikido even if you are not strong. While I get the concept that this is trying to convey, it has been taken to an absurd degree and is used to endorse a belief which is patently false. Muscle and strength are necessary to perform any movement. It is true that Aikido is designed to get the maximum advantage through the use of leverage. It is also true that Aikido, like most other arts, attempts to avoid trying to overwhelm strength with your own strength. However, if your body is weak, your options for movement are limited. You will get the maximum advantage out of using your whole body to move, but if there's a huge difference between your level of strength and your attackers, you will have fewer options than if you were stronger and the difference between you and him were not as pronounced. Unfortunately, many Aikidoka have taken the concept that Aikido is not about strength, 
to the point where they do no exercise or conditioning. They are physically weak and always have the excuse handy, explaining that Aikido is not about strength. Being strong and in good physical condition is a huge benefit to the body, the mind, the spirit, and your life overall. It strikes me as humorously ironic that those who practice Aikido to be healthy instead of protect themselves from violence often have a poor level of conditioning. We definitely should train for maximum leverage, but leverage is only a force multiplier. If you are strong to start with, your multiplier has far more to work than if you are weak to start with. This also includes good movement. If you're too weak to squat fairly low and come up again, for example, your ability to apply leverage will be limited. There are many other ways which being weak adversely affects Aikido. Back to the topic. Power comes from a combination of form, movement, and applied leverage. If you cannot apply power, form is the culprit. When technique doesn't work or you run into resistance, by far the most common solution is to apply more strength to make it work. I call this the pickle jar syndrome. If you go to open a pickle jar and the lid won't budge, you just apply more and more strength until it finally opens. The same holds true for nuts and bolts, hammering nails into wood, and all manner of life lessons. Power tends to solve many problems. Unfortunately, martial arts are far more about playing smarter than harder. Even in arts most people associate with strength, such as boxing and wrestling, they are really more about movement, angles, timing, and leverage than they are about raw power. We must overcome life's many lessons that applying more strength and effort turns failure into success. Instead, we should be looking to our form. We must find out where we are failing to apply leverage properly, which is usually some combination of being in the wrong place, having poor posture or balance, or having poor alignment. Those are the force multipliers we need in order to get the most out of the technique. As you learn to apply power smoothly and with good form, then the third aspect comes into play, speed. Speed is the seductress and will tempt you constantly. Going fast is fun and will mask small mistakes, so your vanity and pride will also play a part in making you want to speed up. It's not just impatience. We've all fallen for going too fast. One blessing of the age of computers is that most people have a shared experience in the development of speed, which is learning to type. When someone first learns the keyboard, they hunt and peck. They have no idea where the particular letter keys are, so their eyes scan the keyboard and when they find them, they press the key with one of the index fingers. This is painfully slow. They get frustrated and then they see someone who uses all their fingers, good form, and can fly over the keyboard typing 40 to 60 or more words per minute. So they go about learning to do that. To learn this form, they don't just start speeding over the keyboard making nothing but mistakes. This would be a complete waste of time. Instead, they very slowly try to use each finger correctly to get the keystroke they desired. They progress steadily, making fewer mistakes and getting more and more comfortable with making the correct movements. The focus is always on making no mistakes, not on how fast one can blast out letters which are incorrect. If this works with typing, playing a musical instrument, or virtually every other physical endeavor, why do we let ourselves get lured into going fast and screwing up our techniques? Yet, we do. I struggled with this and I'm still tempted by it from time to time. Speed will come when you keep good form and movement and remain calm. A profound lesson I received many years ago in my competitive days really brought this into focus. It was from a fighter who was one of the best around. He was able to help me with something I was struggling with. That was, I was quick and had fast hands, faster than many. I had used speed to win many fights and sought out to keep using it and even get faster. 
The result was that I would often rush, which resulted in making mistakes. It wouldn't matter much against fighters who were not quite as experienced or fast as I was, but it made a huge difference against those who were, or who were more experienced. At higher levels of competition, small mistakes, even one, can mean defeat. A fundamental of life is you make mistakes when you rush. The advice I was given was rather than pushing myself to go 100% of my full speed, to lower my exertion level down to 80% and keep it there. This had the effect of calming me down. It made my footwork more deliberate and smooth and relaxed my breathing. All of these are beneficial to performing well. Slow is smooth and smooth is fast. The result is that my fighting got a lot smarter. I made fewer mistakes and while I didn't feel that I was rushing, my movements actually got faster. Another benefit was that my telegraphs started becoming smaller and harder to read. The calmer mindset allowed me to start exploring using telegraphs and tells as deceptions. Rather than being focused on hitting targets I could see as fast as I could, I started manipulating the movements of my opponents to create openings to targets. Just this simple lowering of my level of exertion let me see a whole new world of opportunity. It led me to appreciate movements which could create angle advantages, pressure and extension, and a far greater vocabulary of fighting than I realized before. It also taught me about a concept I teach to my students today, which is a main component of my Aikido, energy management. If you pursue speed, you will burn up a lot of energy. If you run out of energy in a sport fight, you merely lose a match or bout. If you run out of energy in a real fight, the stakes can be far higher. Making sure you have the energy to survive a fight can be the difference between life and death. Whenever I found myself speeding up practicing Aikido, I would remind myself to slow down and keep under that 80% exertion level. The result was that my movement improved, I could see any holes that I was leaving, I could perceive when my balance or posture got compromised, and easily noticed when I was out of position. When you can see your mistakes, you can correct them. While it stings the ego a bit, enjoy seeing your mistakes because it means you can purge yourself of them. Always seek excellent form. You will know when you have it because you will move with power. Once you have that, continue to do solid repetitions until the speed comes naturally. Let it build. Don't force it. I, for one, am never impressed seeing someone do poor form movements quickly. It's much more impressive to see someone who doesn't have to go fast yet succeeds with their technique. Regarding speed, it did occur to me as a young and fast fighter that there will always be someone faster than I am. It was also clear that as I grew older, speed would become less of an advantage as we get slower with age. It seemed that was a good time to invest in learning how to deal effectively with speed without using speed to do it. The honest truth is that raw speed is a tremendous advantage in a fight. However, it is not king. What beats speed? Good timing, movement, and positioning. I had the blessing of seeing this done, where blazing speed fighters were beaten, sometimes handily, by experienced fighters who were slower. It's a remarkable thing to witness. Having this level of experience and skill is not easy to build, which is why I felt getting a start on it before age set in would be a smart move. My appreciation for this approach, fighting smarter, not harder, is one of the things which made me appreciate what I saw in Aikido and drew me to it. I could see how it was designed to use excellent timing, footwork, placement, and applied leverage with great efficiency. Aikido is built on that foundation. The lessons I have learned through competition have been echoed with what Aikido has taught me. As I trained Aikido and helped others learn, 
This fundamental concept of focusing on form first, then power, then letting speed build naturally has helped my progress and the students that I've shared it with. If you find yourself getting tempted to go faster or are struggling with overcoming chronic mistakes, give this progression a try. I believe you will find it very satisfying when you see yourself overcoming mistakes and can purge them effectively in a fairly short time. The last concept I will leave you with is that the ability to move at a quick speed is merely to make your timing superb. If you move at the right time, you never need to rush to catch up. If you maintain connection with UK well, you will often find you need to slow down or you will lose the connection. Remember, you are more guiding Uke than dragging or pulling him. Moving too fast will ruin your ability to guide their motion. Once you realize this and internalize it, you will see your Aikido in a whole new light, just as I did with moving at 80% of my full speed. You move only as fast as the situation requires. This is what I noticed and called calm smoothness back in my previous episode called traits of an outstanding martial artist. Someone at this skill level never appears to rush. They are always a half or full step ahead of their attacker. They move slower than their uke but are stable, smooth, and in control. They leave little or no openings or opportunities for uke to take advantage of. They take initiative and apply pressure in subtle yet powerful ways which puts them in the lead of the exchange. While one might think speed is the final level of skill, remember that good timing will beat speed. Being able to move fluid and relaxed will give you the speed you need when you need it and move in the right time. What do you think? Please share your ideas in the comments if you're watching this on YouTube or go to the Facebook group Aikido the Marshall side and post a comment. The Spirit Aikido online program is now live. Subscribers get access to video training and mentoring to techniques and training methods I've adopted from other martial arts to make my Aikido more practical. There's a link in the description section. I invite you to check it out. I always enjoy hearing from listeners of the show, whether through comments or questions. Thank you all for sharing your interest. Enjoy your training.